0: welcome back to another episode of
1: explain it slowly
0: so today's topic is relating to colors how colors are represented on different computers okay and the question is why do all the colors always look so different
1: (laughs) why do colors look so different okay so let's start with the eyeball like it has nothing to do with computers uh (laughs) (laughs) so uh a long time ago they did studies and they found that or in their limited study, they found that most humans, the ability is to see three different colors, and any other color that they see is like a mix of those three. Um, And lo and behold, those three colors are red, green, and blue, um, or some slight variant of those three. Uh, So what you end up with is, I think they're called cone cells. Uh, It's either cone or rod, and I'm dyslexic, so I always get them mixed up. Uh, But (laughs) I think they're called cone cells. And you have three different varieties, and they're tuned to three very specific frequencies of light. Um, so if your eye receives light that's of a specific or a mixture of frequencies, each of these cone cells are going to activate to a different degree. They might activate a lot, they might activate a little, and the combination of those three represents color. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay, so... Uh, these cone cells, they overlap a fair amount. Uh, so if you get something like yellow, uh, both the red and the green cone cells are going to react to that and your brain is going to interpret it as yellow.
0: Right.
1: Um, now, turns out humans aren't all the same uh, and there are a few different genes for a few different cone cells. Um, so what some might perceive as green might be a little more purple or vice versa um and that's because the cones aren't like super uh rigid for every human on the planet similarly you have uh, people who are colorblind and what colorblindness means is that you have cones that don't match the typical red green blue kind of trifecta you end up with two red cones and one blue cone or two green cones and no red or vice versa does that make sense Mm -hmm. um so your brain does not actually have the ability to perceive the differences between those two because the red cone and the green cone in those scenarios are so close together they might still be different in which case there are special glasses that can really focus on that difference that's specific to you but in most cases it's going to be ever so like so close to each other that everything's gonna be the same so long story short um Uh, we as humans all perceive color slightly differently okay okay so with that premise out of the way um and i'm not even going to go into people who have like four cones and like crazy stuff like that so with that premise out of the way uh they did a study uh the cie people i think and i don't know what that stands for i just know that that's what the acronym is um and they figured out that what those specific frequencies are for most humans they figured out what the difference between two colors, the minimum difference is, and all that. And they plotted this all out in a paper uh, that describes the color perception of humans. Um, and that formed the basis of how we decided to uh, represent color on computer monitors. So on, computer, on old computer monitors, I'm talking about the CRT monitors, the ones with like a big, a big butt behind them. Um And what you had was an electron gun that shot electrons at a screen of phosphors. Um And these phosphors, they illuminate at a certain frequency. And they picked specific frequencies based on what the average of the humans in that study could perceive. So what you ended up with is a bunch of monitors that all had the same color characteristics because they all... If you shoot this amount of electrons at this red part, this green part, and this blue part, you're going to get the same exact color. Now, there are some variations in how many electrons would be shot at this particular point versus that point, misalignments, all sorts of little things like that, which could cause um, some variance between those displays, those monitors at the time. But for the most part, they were all more or less in the same ballpark. Does that make sense so far?
0: Uh-huh.
1: Okay, so we have something that pretty much kind of worked. But you would have some differences where people would see the image that's on this computer and they would look at the original thing and they'd be like, these things don't match, whereas others would say that they matched, mm-hmm. And that's because those two individuals had ever so slightly different cones uh, and it didn't match up with the color science that they used for that specific monitor that makes sense okay so there's no way that they're we're ever going to make those two individuals happy with that monitor it's just not going to be possible whereas they might look at the same object and be like yeah we perceive that the same because they're actually getting a ton more information they're not just getting three wavelengths of light from those phosphors they're getting an entire like flood of different photons that represent that specific color Mm -hmm. it's not a simplification Okay. Okay. So after CRTs, we started moving over to LEDs and LCDs. And uh, LCD displays, the way they work, is you have a filter in front of a liquid crystal um, matrix. And what liquid crystals do is they either choose to let light through or not. So depending on whatever light you have behind it, usually it's kind of like a blue light um that blue light would pass through a filter like a a green filter a blue filter kind of like those 3d glasses that you would wear where one side was blue and one side was red you remember those so those kinds of filters like super super simple tech um and that light would turn red green or blue respectively Mm -hmm. okay so now you are trying to match up a lcd display which has these filters to this very different technology, which uses phosphors that actually glow and emit like a very specific uh, type of light, so you're you're fighting and you're now fighting fighting an uphill battle because if that backlight is different, if those filters are different, there's a lot of variables which can play into matching the color of olden days, which is what they're trying to target because they had it nailed down perfectly with the phosphors, basically, but they no longer had an exact. Um, an exact color science to represent it on these new displays. Does that make sense?
0: How does the 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 color frequency thing that you mentioned earlier mm-hmm. do, is that a part of this new technology?
1: Well, the way this one works is you have a single light, and that light will span a bunch of frequencies. So, kind of like uh, the sun or a light bulb you no longer have just one important frequency. You have several important frequencies which are being emitted all at the same time. Mm -hmm. And then you're relying on the filters to filter out those frequencies and only let certain ones through.
0: Okay. Does that make sense? Sure.
1: Um, Which is not always possible because the backlights on a lot of LED LCD displays are using LEDs and LEDs usually only emit one type of frequency. Uh So you are turning one frequency into a different one And you need to do a lot of uh, quantum tomfoolery to kind of coerce the light into transforming itself into something different. Okay, so um, now as temperature changes, that will also change the wavelength of the backlight, the the sourced light material. So you're going to get different color that's coming through. Um, Over time, as you use the light more, it will change over time. So it gets very difficult with our modern day technology of display panels to have something that's static and that doesn't change over time. It's, it's really super dependent on the environment around it. So not only do you have people who perceive light ever so slightly differently, you also now have a display or monitor or a screen that's presenting light ever so slightly differently depending on the temperature, how long it's been used, um, and so on and so forth.
0: So it changes... Over time. Over time.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, what people typically do is they will get their monitor calibrated, like, regularly. So that way they know how much it's drifting and which direction it's drifting, so that way they can correct for it, like, little by little. Um, And that's usually how you keep a monitor... Uh, in spec uh, when you, you need it
0: how do you calibrate if you don't know what the original specs were
1: so there are two ways to calibrate you can use a colorimeter, um, which basically has a red green blue filter of its own and it will measure how much light it's getting back for the red green and blue and tell you uh you're giving too much red or you're giving too much blue um and it can kind of correct that way uh-huh. um and it will give you new numbers so you just have to tweak until you get the numbers that you want, right? Is and this
0: the standard? Like, are these colors the standard colors of what red, green, and blues are?
1: Yeah, so once again, those standards are based on the studies that we've done on people. And it's the same it's
0: standard. It, has, it hasn't it has changed.
1: Yeah, it, it's basically the same one. I think they did a follow-up since, uh, so they've tweaked it slightly. But if you've ever seen, it's kind of a horseshoe diagram... And you see like the whole color spectrum in it. Um, that's the diagram that we're talking about. And along the horseshoe, we have every frequency of light. So like the unique colors of light that you can have. Um, and then everywhere in the middle of it is every combination of that. So somewhere in the middle, you're going to have perfect white, depending on whatever white kind of definition you want to use. Because it turns out white is never white. Um, it depends on your ambient light and all that. Uh, So it's complicated (laughs) uh, because our brains adapt and uh, kind of change things as it goes, which is why sometimes your screen will look too blue and sometimes it'll look too yellow, depending on the time of day, because you're just used to looking at other shades. So your eyes will adjust to that, basically. So in the end, it doesn't really matter too much.
0: Well, it matters when you're developing because, you know, with the project, you're supervisor would say here this is the brand packet for this project Mm -hmm. and this these are the colors that they want in that their product to represent but then when you're coding it it's going to be different based on what you see and what they give you because those hex values don't match yeah so so it does make a difference
1: yeah so you're exactly right um the hex the idea of using hex values for color uh-huh. So, uh, for instance, white is FFFff black yeah. is 00000, red is going to be FF0000, and so on and so forth. Um, you've probably heard of these if you've kind of been on the internet for the past 20 years, uh-huh. um, at least once. Uh, and what these represent is values of red, green, and blue. However, they represent values of red, green, and blue specific to uh, windows in the early 90s. So okay. it's kind of like a loosey-goosey definition of what color should be. Okay. Like, you will always have red if you have FF0000, but it's never going to be the same red across many computers. Because right. every computer is going to have a slightly different monitor and they're not going to do any color transformations to make sure they get the same red every single time.
0: How come if... why wouldn't they? Because... If everything is based on that frequency standard that they did a test of a long time ago, and that hasn't changed, and if everyone considered that is the standard of what red, green, and blue should look like, why aren't people using that as, as the starting point so that every computer is the same?
1: So remember when I told you that over time with temperature things change? Yeah. Okay, so it also turns out that if you get a consumer monitor... So like the cheapest monitor you can buy. Uh They're not going to spend a whole lot of time making sure that when FF0000 is sent to it, you get this perfect shade of red. They're just going to be like, eh, it's close enough. Does it look red to you? Yeah, it looks red to me. Good enough.
0: Okay. So
1: that's the kind of discussion that's going to go on at the factory. And you're going to end up with a monitor that will represent red, but it's not going to represent the same red As a different factory that's doing the same monitors. it might be a little
0: bit more pink or more orange. Exactly.
1: So things really have to be dialed in to get the same exact color. And most people are never going to bother doing that.
0: Because they don't care?
1: Not because they don't care. I would say because they don't know and because it doesn't impact them as much. Okay. Um, They're not going to be trained to notice what's wrong. They might be able to tell something is wrong, Uh but they won't notice that it's the computer. They might be like, oh, my eyes might be tired okay okay so uh there's a lot of that going on and to say that when they were deciding on like having color on computers it wasn't a super high priority to make sure that color is consistent everywhere for the normal user of that technology now if you're working in print um, or in video then it's a very different story because you want to make sure that the colors that you see on your monitor match the colors that are going to be printed out by the printer. Yeah. Right? And that's specific to that printer. And that's why there are companies like Pantone that exist, which have done all the color science for inks to make sure that if you want Pantone 556, you're going to get that shade of, I don't know what color that is. It probably exists. so I'm not going to make one up. Um, you're, but you're going to get that exact shade because the printer used that exact ink.
0: So then you need to use that exact printer too then.
1: Yeah, you need to use that exact printer. But the printer who is doing his work professionally is going to calibrate his printers to make sure that if you send it the signal, give me that color of Pantone ink, it's going to represent that level of Pantone ink because you can choose the, the amount of ink that you're putting down and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Depending on the paper, like there's a, a ton of variables and it gets really complicated really quickly. Um and I was, I was alluding to this earlier, but this is a second tool to make sure you get exact measurements and that's called a spectrometer. So a spectrometer, what that does is it will measure the actual photons that it's receiving and it will give you a report. So you can take a look at any screen or a piece of paper with ink on it. And if you shine light, depending on what that light is, of course, if it's a blue light or a yellow light or whatnot, in the case of a screen, it has its own light. Uh, but you'll get an exact representation of the wavelengths of each photon and the amount of those photons because it's not measuring a color on a pixel anymore it's basically using a prism inside of it to point each photon and separate them out into a linear fashion where you can actually go ahead and read like how many of these photons did we get how many of those photons did we get and that's what a spectrometer is so uh, they will go ahead and use that kind of tool to calibrate their systems perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could do that as a video professional or a developer um, as well if you wanted to spend like ten to $15,000 because they're not cheap. Um, so the, the color meter that I mentioned is like a $100 device. It's basically a camera. And the only guarantee is the people who sold it to you, they claim that they've calibrated it. So that way it gives you the right readings Mm -hmm. um but you can also take similar claims from companies that sell you screens like they a lot of people will sell you a screen and say hey this has been pre-calibrated at the factory so you're more or less guaranteed to get a, a similar result as anyone else with that same screen but it could be different so like there's always there's always some some leeway there uh traditionally in the past several years apple has been doing a great job at having like consistent displays um where if you order two displays from two different factories they're going to look the same Mm -hmm. um and it will change year over year but uh for the most part you're going to get some pretty good color matching because apple cares a lot of photography about photography and a normal person is going to notice when their picture doesn't look the same between several devices that they own um like once you point it out it like breaks the illusion a little bit but if you can maintain that illusion then it will kind of work out for you
0: mm-hmm. cool so that explained why computers all have different color representations
1: yeah and why it's so much of a mess
0: <laughs> yeah so then is there any computer that is the best
1: uh so again if you have the tools to calibrate yourself uh-huh it shouldn't matter right okay um now, some computers, or I say of the modern computers, they all have a concept of color matching. So if you tell it, I want red, green, and blue in this specific color space, then it will be an exact representation every single time. But maybe that's a topic for another day, color spaces.
0: Oh, a quick, a quick thing. Um, we mentioned how the hex value is different on every computer mm-hmm. and but so often whenever the hex values don't match what I'm visually looking at in the software that I'm using I often would use a uh, one of those pipette dropper mm-hmm. to pick up the color that is on the screen mm-hmm. is that a good way to grab the same color or does that make any sense to you like what I'm asking
1: yeah so that would be a great way of copying the color as you see it on your monitor right is Uh, that
0: good or no
1: (laughs) it's often good enough because once again uh like you mentioned uh brand will give you like their brand colors yeah okay if those brand colors are just a hex value and there's no color space Uh associated with it they that means nothing unfortunately so uh it also tells you that they don't know enough about color to be picky enough to have the right to be picky enough about it does okay. that make sense? Okay. Um. So you can you have leeway in those situations. Okay. Yeah.
0: But using the dropper to pick up the color that is showing on my screen is enough. Is the closest to it. But if I were to run that on like a a different computer that isn't mine, you like, will
1: get a different value out of that color picker.
0: But the, but visually, it will be the color that they want. Is that right, or is it still going to be different because it might be I picked different. up a? It's different always going to be
1: different because okay. they gave you an imprecise um, value.
0: Okay, so whatever I see, even though I'm picking up that same color, of course it's going to now be represented by a different hex value. But visually, they look the same. Mm-hmm. But if I would have run it on like a computer, like a, a Windows computer they're using the hex value right Mm -hmm. so then it's going to be completely off then
1: it could be yeah depending on what the context is if you if you show their color which is built using a hex value Uh next to your color which you are basically giving a similar hex value they'll be identical but if you're looking at one in a web browser and one in adobe acrobat to preview the pdf yeah might be totally different
0: okay would adobe acrobat be more accurate probably than a web browser right
1: probably yes okay so yeah we'll save color spaces for another time maybe next episode who knows tune sure. in again <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right thanks for listening Hi, bye everyone